the Proverbs chapter number 13. Look at verse number 15. If you're there, say amen. The Bible said, good understanding giveth favor, but the way of transgressors is hard. Every prudent man dealeth with knowledge, but a fool layeth open his folly. A wicked messenger falleth into mischief, but a faithful ambassador is health. Poverty and shame shall be to him that refuseth instruction, but he that regardeth reproof shall be honored. The desire accomplished is sweet to the soul, but it is an abomination to fools to depart from evil. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. Evil pursueth sinners, but to the righteous good shall be repaid. Let's pray to heaven. Father, Lord, we thank you. Lord, I just want to say, Lord, I love you tonight. Lord, I sure am grateful, Lord, that I get to come to church on Wednesday night, Lord. And I'm just so thankful, Lord, that, Lord, you're not necessarily concerned with the decibel amount levels, Lord, and everything, Lord, hitting the right keys and the right notes and the right melodies. But, Lord, we've just come, to, come tonight with a heart to worship you, Lord. Lord, you know where each and every one of us live tonight. Lord, you know the phone calls that we received this week. You know the, the bad news that we heard, Lord. You know the, the discouraging things that we've seen, Lord. You, you know where our heart is tonight, Lord. And I pray, Lord, tonight that we would take all of our trust out of our heart tonight and put it in your hands this evening. And, Lord, you just work in our hearts this evening. Mold us, shape us, make us conform to the image of Christ tonight, Lord. And, I pray, Lord, you do an eternal work, a heavenly work in our hearts this evening, Lord. And It's a Wednesday night, Lord. It's, it's just, some could say it's just another Wednesday night, but Lord, you've given us the opportunity to come in fellowship and with each other, Lord, to worship you, to praise your name. I pray, Lord, tonight that you just get real big in our hearts tonight, Lord, and you just take your word, you make it personal to us this evening, Lord, and Help it, Lord, to roll over into Thursday morning, Lord, and Friday and Saturday. God, we get so excited, Lord, so filled up and so full, Lord, that we'd walk in here Sunday morning, God, just ready to do it all over again for your glory, Lord. We love you. We thank you, Lord, for tonight. Lord, just help us one more time, Lord. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And I want to do a survey tonight and ask you, what was your favorite class when you were in school? Now, those of you that are in school, you're still allowed to answer uh, but those of us that are decades removed from high school, uh, we, we have those classes that were, how many of y'all enjoyed mathematics class in high school, right? I enjoyed it. It was, it was, I, was I want to say it was fun, but I, I got through it and uh, it, it worked the way my mind, how many of y'all enjoyed science class, right? That was, now that was my absolute favorite. I wanted to be a chemist uh, coming out of high school. Uh, how many of y'all enjoy history class? Now, I, all right, that's a good bit of you. That's I enjoy it now more than I did in school. My, my AP U.S. history class was right after lunch, and so my teacher taught off a PowerPoint. He turned the lights off. I had a full stomach. I went to sleep. <laughs> and uh, I figured, I, I'm an American. I, I need everything. I already know everything. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't the case. How many of y'all enjoyed, what was another? How many of y'all, many of y'all enjoyed lunch, amen? Uh, <laughs> if I get a Ph.D. in that, I would uh, this evening. and had P.E. class and enjoyed that. How many of y'all enjoyed grammar? There's some in every crowd. <laughs> now, to be honest with you, grammar was not my favorite class. I, I did the required work. I, I got the grade that I needed to, to get so I would not be on restriction for my video games. 
uh, and, and I, I passed my classes so I wouldn't get in trouble at home, but to be honest, I, I didn't like it. it. It didn't resonate with me. I figured I, I speak English perfectly fine. Uh, I'll be all right. I'll make it through. But one of the things that always bothered me, like who came up with these rules about grammar? Right, and so, you know, I really didn't pay a lot of attention to that class, and now looking back at it, doing what I, I do now, I thought, man, I should have paid attention in those classes. I, I'd probably be far better at preaching than I am now if I'd have paid attention, because I, I got up this morning, I was studying for tonight, and uh, began to read. Last week, we looked at the, the law of, of but, but tonight, I was or this morning I was going back through Proverbs 13 and I seen that same conjunction over and over and over again and I was about to preach on the law of but part two. But as I begin to read and uh, go through my Bible, I realized right before that word is a punctuation mark. It's called a colon, right? It is those two dots right there on your paper. Did you know it's actually used in mathematics? It's used in your Bible when you quote your verse and you write it out. If you were to write Proverbs 13, 15, it'd say Proverbs 13, colon, 15. It's used in mathematics. It's used in science. But really, it is, it is known for its grammatical effect. It is a, it's an it's a, it's a, a image. It's a, a character of grammar. And as I was studying this morning, I, I, I had to ask myself this question what does a colon mean? And why is it used in every verse that we read tonight? And so I, I, I tried to rack my brain back to my high school days and I couldn't remember a single grammar lesson that I took. I, I couldn't, I, I, all I can remember is that you use a colon when you are trying to write out a list. It, it, you know, I'm going to the grocery store. Here is my list, colon. You'd write down the items you're going to get. But I found out it is more than just that, but really a colon is used when you're taking two ideas and trying to tie them together. It, is, it, 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 it denotes those things and it tells us those things. It's used to introduce information that is related to the sentence that precedes it. And here's the interesting thing tonight. As we read verses 15 through 21, once again, these are opposing ideas. Right, these are ideas that are contrast one of another. In essence, they are going in opposite directions from one another, but God's word takes a colon and it places right there and it draws them together. And so, well, preacher, why would the Bible, why would God do that in his word? Why would he take two opposing things and put them together? I thought God was for separation and he is tonight. But why, why does the Bible do that? I think tonight so you and I can understand this reality. That the first truth in verse number 15 down through 21, the first truth on either side of the colon tonight, if that one is true, then the opposite has to be true as well. In, in science, they would say it this way, for every action there's an opposite and equal reaction. And we're going to see tonight, my, 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 my seven points tonight are literally verses 15 through 21, right? Point number one is going to be verse 15, right? It's going to be alliterated. It's going to be great and uh, all that kind of stuff. No key words. Point number one, verse 15, right? We're going to see tonight how God lays out a truth and he says, if this is true, then that which is on the opposite side or that which is the opposite will be true as well. 
In essence, you have to ask yourself, what side of the coal am I going to be on? Where am I going to find myself, on the right side or the left side? Notice verse number 15 here is our first thing. It says, good understanding giveth favor, colon, but the way of transgressors is hard. Now that word given there means to bestow or to grant or to permit. How does one achieve favor? Right, look what it says in verse number 15. Good understanding giveth favor. So how does one get favor? Well, it's good understanding. So preacher, what in the world is good? That word good means pleasant. And right, it means that which is right. And when you and I understand that which is right, we allow ourselves to obey the word of God and we understand what it says. And, and we like to think that the favor of God is some, some mysterious thing, that it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a lottery per se, that, that God just favors certain Christians more than others. And he loves them more than he loves another Christian. Can I say tonight, God's love is so deep, I don't think it's that shallow tonight. I think God loves us with a love that you and I can't comprehend this evening, and yet we get to enjoy it. Well, how in the world does God have favor? Does God give favor to one person? And it's not, it's not talent-based. It's not education-based. It's not ability-based. How does, how does one obtain favor? How does one get or get, receive that gift? And that's what it says right there in verse number 15. How does one get that favor? Can I say tonight the favor of God is tied directly to obedience? It's tied directly to obedience tonight. And you have to ask yourself, I preach, I want the favor of God. What do I need to do? Obey. Obey tonight. You say, well, Really, I, I thought it was, I had to have a big personality and I, I had to be funny and I had to be a people person. Can I say tonight, if I was required to be a people person, to be an effective pastor, I would not be an effective pastor. I, I'm, not, I'm not great. I don't, I, I don't eloquent wax and wisely and all that wonderful stuff tonight. Matter of fact, if you call me on the telephone, right, I, 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 it's just, it's not a skill set of mine, right? I, I'll talk to you. And I, I am a, I, I, a lot of times I am an A to B kind of person, right? You can tell me everything in between. But really, I just want to get to B. Right, let's, let, let's, let's get there and all those things on the side tonight. But how does one get favor? By obedience. Now, are you obeying the word of God? And here's the thing, not true satisfaction will not be found in the bad old ways of the sad old day. In essence, you, you can't keep doing what you've always done and knowing that it didn't work back then and say, all right, well, Lord, I need you to bless it now. No, God said, if you want my favor, it is tied directly to obedience, right? The Bible said, good understanding giveth favor. But then, then it says, but the ways of the transgressor or the way of the transgressors is Hard. Now, we like to say this, and no doubt I'm not trying to make light of your Christian life. We like, well, we stand up and we say, man, the Christian life is hard. It is difficult. It is, it is, it is, it is a work in progress. It requires great labor and it requires great effort. And no doubt tonight there are times where we are to endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. I'm not trying to make light of it. I'm not trying to say those that suffered for the Lord and, and, and went to a martyr's death, it was easy for them. But we do realize tonight that the Christian life is far better than the life of a transgressor. 
It is far better. And here's the thing. The Christian life is an impossible life that is made possible for you and I to live. How? Through Christ. See, the moment you and I are begin to live the Christian life by our own, our own skill set, our own ability tonight, a lot of times it's going to get difficult because that was never how it was designed to be lived. We are to live and allow Christ to live in us and through us and for us. He is the reason. He is how you and I live the Christian life. And it is to be dependent upon what we are to live by faith. And can I say tonight, it may not always be easy, but it's far better than a transgressor life. It's far better than the life that the transgressor, or the way they go, because the only person they can depend upon is themselves. They have, they have no savior that they can turn to. They have no resurrection power flowing through their veins. They, they don't have the Holy Ghost comforting and strengthening and convicting and helping them. All they have is themselves. Can I say that? That is hard. That is hard. That word hard, I, I've always read it and thought like it was difficult in the sense. But in essence tonight, when you look that word hard up, it means perpetual, constant, ever flowing. In essence, it's never going to get better on its own and by itself. That's why your salvation is so wonderful tonight because the day that you got saved, your way changed. And now you are able to live a life that is impossible, but now has been made possible by Christ. And now you can do things that you could not do before. You've left the way of the transgressor. And now there is hope and there is joy and there is peace and there is contentment that you did not have before. And so we see tonight, if, the, if, if, if there is obedience that lives, leads to favor, then the opposite has to be true, that the way of the transgressor is hard. Let me ask you tonight, which life are you going to live? Then notice number two tonight, look at verse number 16. We'll get through these as quick as we can tonight. Every prudent man dealeth with knowledge, but a fool layeth open his folly. And so if that first phrase is true, then the second phrase has to be true. It relates to it in that sense. Now, not every person that you'll meet tonight, not every person in here is a prudent person. But every prudent person operates with knowledge. They deal in wisdom. The smart man operates according to the truths of God's word. It's more than just agree. I've met a lot of people that will agree that this is the word of God. I've met a lot of people who can quote the word of God, and they, they believe it to be true, and they, 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 they agree with it, and they accept it. They just don't abide by it. And can I say tonight, that's where the rubber meets the road. And a prudent man doesn't just say, hey, this is a good book. But the prudent man says, this is the only book that I need. This is the only book that I, 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 I can stake my eternity on. This is the only book that can really make a difference in my life. I don't just believe that it's true. I believe I need to live by it. And if God says it's wrong, then it's wrong. If he says it's right, then it's right. If he says I shouldn't do it, then I shouldn't do it. If he says I should do it, then I should do it tonight. And the wise man or the prudent man says, you know what? I'm going to abide by it. I'm going to live by it. Right? The, the, the smart man operates according to the truths of God's word. He's in step and in tune with the word of God. You ever had somebody... That is, that you know for sure. I mean, you're not, you're not judging them. You're just merely making the observation that they aren't right with God. And they would probably admit to that same truth. 
and they step back and they begin to try to tell you what the Bible says. And something in me says, if it's so true, why aren't you doing it? And can I say sometimes I gotta tell myself that too. You know it to be true, now why aren't you doing it? And so we see tonight that the wise man, the prudent man operates and abides with the word of God. But the Bible says the opposite is true as well. A fool publicly displays his foolishness. A fool publicly displays his foolishness. He reeks of pride. He is characterized by carnality. He flaunts his fleshliness. Can I say tonight, Miss Holly mentioned in her prayer request about her sister uh, doing that, that social media fast, amen? And can I say tonight, I, 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 the, the longer I live, the, the, the greater the impact that I'm seeing on people's lives. Can I say tonight, you say, well, preacher, I gotta keep in contact with my family. And I, 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 gotta do, I understand that tonight. But it's amazing how we kept in contact with each other 20 years ago. <laughs> What'd you do, preacher? Well, we wrote letters to people. I, I, I received a trunk. It was in one of my mother-in-law's sheds and she was cleaning out and it was a trunk that had a lot of mine and my brother's older stuff in it. And I, I opened it up and it had the things that were important to me when I was eight years old and nine years old and somehow they got saved through all the moving and all that and we were on the front porch going through it and looking through it and man, I got to think, what was I thinking back then? The things that I, I thought were gonna be worth money someday. I look back and I said, this is, this is good for the trash. It's about a, that's all it's, all it's good for. And, and we got looking through that kind of stuff. But then I came across a letter that my dad had wrote to my mom while he was stationed in Korea. It wasn't, I mean, it wasn't a love letter. It wasn't anything like that. He was just telling her that he had actually spent some money that she wasn't expecting him to spend on a jacket that she, he was, she was buying or he was buying for somebody they knew back in Nebraska. And my dad said, listen, if you want them to start on it, you have to pay them. And so I paid them. But I got to thinking, you know, I saved that for me because that's from, that's from years ago. Could you imagine 20 years from now, 30 years from now? Mom and dad, can I have a keepsake? Well, I'll send you a picture off my Facebook. Well, I would, but I got, I got kicked out of it and I, got, I can't remember my password but we see that tonight, the opposite, and what are you trying to say, Preacher? I'm trying to say in the social media age, foolishness is completely on display. It is wide open when you got to tell young people, hey, don't eat that Tide Pod. It's poisonous. It'll hurt you. But somebody challenged me to. Or like the ice, how many of y'all remember the ice bucket challenge? I still don't know how much money they didn't raise for ALS, <laughs> for whoever was doing that. And it's just crazy, right? We see it, and it's all, we see the sad reality that there's a great deal of foolish people. The Bible says the wise man is evident. He operates and abides by the word of God. And the Bible says, well, if that's true, then the opposite has to be true, that the fool is known by his doings. And tonight we have to ask ourselves, do you operate with knowledge or do you lay out your foolishness for all to see? Verse number, or point number three tonight, verse number 17. Look at verse number 17. A wicked messenger falleth into mischief, but a faithful ambassador is health. Now let me ask you, what is a messenger? It's one who carries a message. I know that's real deep tonight. A wicked messenger carries a wicked message. And here's the thing. Notice what it says right there. He's, he's on a journey. He's got a wicked message. He's, he's ready to deliver it, but he doesn't make it there. He falls into mischief. 
Boy, how many of you, you don't have to raise your hands and I don't want to embarrass nobody, but how many have ever got, up, got caught up in some kind of gossip before, got, got caught up in talking before, and boy, you, you said, I, I'm not going to tell anybody. And then you end up telling 16 people. And you didn't even realize, you didn't tell the person you thought you was going to tell, and now you, you got yourself into a big mess. There's no safe arrival. There's no seen delivery. Why? They fall into mischief. They fall into evil, misery things, right? That is why it's dangerous to carry around messages of gossip, slander, and lies. By the time you find someone else to tell, you've already fallen into mischief. It's not if, it's when. But here's the opposite of that tonight. If a wicked messenger falls into mischief, a faithful ambassador is health. An ambassador brings a good message. It isn't his own message. No, he's on the authority from the, the, the leader of his country, of the, the country that he is from. He is the ambassador to another country, and he's got a message for the new country from the old country in that sense, or for the country that he came from. It, it isn't his own, but it's the message of the leader. We spend too much time giving our opinion instead of, this is what the Bible says. This is what God said. This is what the, the, the Bible says tonight. We have to ask ourselves, do I find myself prone to be a wicked messenger or an ambassador for the glory of God tonight? Are your conversations causing people to fall or are they allowing the Lord to fix things? Then notice number four tonight, verse number 18. Poverty and shame shall be to him that refuseth instruction, but he that regardeth reproof shall be honored. In essence, you can refuse to follow instructions, but just know there's consequences. Right? The Christian life is a life of choices. You will either choose to follow the instructions or you'll choose not to follow the instructions. Now, I know we're men, right? Instructions for a man are optional. I don't know why they even put them in the box. I can figure it out by my own. I am a man. Can I say tonight, you'll save a whole lot of time following instructions. You'll say, <laughs> I can't remember whose birthday it was. It might have been Raylan's birthday. Somebody got a dollhouse and me, my father-in-law, I don't know who else is out there. We was putting it together without the instructions. Can I say a saws all later and oscillating blade later? We were still trying to figure out how to put that dollhouse together. But can I say not? We laugh at that, but so many times we try to live the Christian life without following the instructions. Lord, I'm going to do it my way, Lord, and my way is better than your way, so I want to need my blessings on that, please, Lord. And the Bible says right here tonight that, 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 uh, that what's the result of refusing instruction, poverty, and shame? Let me ask you now, how many of y'all want to find yourself there? living an impoverished life where you won't find what you need and living a shameful life, you'll be embarrassed by what you've done. Right, we see tonight that, well, how, how do I get there? Well, refusing instruction. And so that's true, then the opposite has to be true, that he that regardeth reproof or correction shall be honored. That word regard means to give heed to. That word reproof is correction shall be honored. <laughs> see, a lot of times we think we have to do something fantastic, spectacular, uh, amazing in order for God to say, you did a good job. Way to go. You exceeded my expectations. <laughs> no, God said, you want honor? You want to be honored? You want to be recognized? You want to be rewarded? He said, just do what I told you to do. Right? Just, just allow reproof, correction to take its proper work in your life. Let me ask you now, are you refusing or instruction? Or are you regarding correction tonight? Then notice number five this evening, verse number 19. I bet you can't guess what point number six is going to be tonight. But look at verse number 19. The Bible says that the desire accomplishes sweet to the soul, but it's an abomination to fools to depart from evil. 
Can I say the greatest desire a Christian should have is to do the will of God? To, to look at the Lord and say, Lord, I know you created me with a purpose. I know you created me for a reason. I know you created me with a plan. And Lord, I know that you have a will for my life. And Lord, I want to do the will of God. That ought to be the greatest desire of our life. I heard a preacher say that there's some things that we know are the will of God. There's no need to pray about them. Right? We, are, we know the will of God is for you and I to share the gospel. We know the will of God is to give thanks and all things. We know the will of God is to flee fornication. We know the will of, will of God is to remain pure and to separate ourselves from this world. Those aren't things we have to pray about. Should I put, Lord, should I put my marriage on the line? No. Lord, should I, should, should I share the gospel? Yes, he's already told you that. Right? He's already told us that this evening. But the greatest desire that we, a saved person should have is to do the will of God. And can I say the greatest satisfaction a saved person will have is when they do the will of God. When we do what God has told us to do. If the Bible said it is sweet to the soul. Right? It is pleasant and it's wonderful. Why? Because somebody like me ought not even know what the will of God for my life is. But now that I'm saved and I know the will of God for my life and I, I know what God desires out of me at this moment in my life, then the greatest desire that I, that I have is to do the will of God. But can I say, when I step back and say, man, I, God allowed me to do the will of God. For my, God allowed me to do what he planned for my life. Can I say that? That's a blessing. It's sweet to my soul that I get to serve God. The Lord. It's pleasant. It's wonderful. And if that's true, then the opposite has to be true. Right? The worst thing a fool could do is to stop doing the evil things that they enjoy doing. Right? That's why when, 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 you, when you were contemplating salvation or maybe when, when that, that temptation comes in, Satan will tell you that. Can I say tonight, Satan didn't, didn't, didn't uh, learn how to lie. He made it up. And so he, everything he's ever said is a lie. And so when he comes to you, he says, listen, if you become a Christian, you can't do all this fun stuff anymore. You, you, can't, you can't keep doing all. And it's, it's interesting how he calls evil things fun. Well, don't we live in that generation? We're living in a, we call evil good and call good evil. But the Bible says that the fool said, I would much, I, I can't give up my evil, even for something better, because what, what am I going to do with my life? Let me ask you, how often does God's will win over your will? And notice number six tonight, verse number 20. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. Birds of a feather flock together. My dad had a saying, show me your friends and I'll show you who you are. Can I say tonight, verse number 20 is probably one of the most self-explanatory verses in your Bible. If I'm going to be wise, then I've got to surround myself with wise men. And if I want to be a fool, I've got to go find me some fools to hang out with. Right, it works that way. Do your circle of friends influence, uh, do your circle of, does your circle of influence promote wisdom or foolishness? Are your friendships a blessing or a burden? Is someone else's life better because you're their friend or are you drawing them down? Then look at number seven tonight, verse number 21. Evil pursueth sinners, but to the righteous good shall be repaid. You know, sinners don't have to go find sin It'll find them. That's what it says right there. Right? Evil pursueth sinners. Don't you remember what that was like? You would, you would get up and you would say, all right, I'm going to do better. I'm, I'm going to do better today and I, I'm going to quit doing that and I'm not going to do that anymore and I'm not going to go there anymore just for it to come. I ain't going to call them no more. Last time I got hooked up with them, it was a big problem. I'm going to stay away from them. And all of a sudden, here comes another friend and they're doing the same exact thing. Evil pursueth sinners. Right, sinners aren't just who we are, but it's also what we do. 
Right, we're sinners by birth, we're sinners by choice, and we're sinners by nature. Every sin that you and I have committed, we committed it by choice. And we gotta realize tonight that, that Satan puts that temptation in front of us tonight. And having temptation in front of your life is not a sin. For Jesus himself was tempted. And yet he, with, without sin, he, he, didn't, he didn't take it that next step further. And the same thing is true in our life tonight. Temptation's gonna be there. Listen, in 2023, you, 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 you can't just, you can barely go anywhere, right? Unless you live in a house that doesn't have windows, has no television, take the radio out. You can't have that either, right? You can't drive down the road because of the billboards. It's everywhere tonight. And it's everywhere this evening. But that doesn't mean you have to give in to it. That doesn't mean you have to ponder and think about it. Why? Because we see that to the righteous good shall be repaid. Right, when we do right, we should have a pleasant peace. One of the greatest joys you'll have in your Christian life is knowing that I have obeyed God and seeing the blessings of God tied to that obedience. And it's a wonderful thing tonight. And so when we do right, we should have a pleasant peace is what it says right there in verse uh, number 21. Excuse me, Verse 21, evil pursue sinners, but to the righteous good shall be repaid. Realize tonight that God, what, is, what does God repay me with? Preacher, I'm waiting on $10,000 from God. I did good. I'm waiting on 10, oh, it's not, that's not how it works tonight. But when you and I do right, he repays us this evening with peace and joy and contentment and all those things that we can only get through him. Let me ask you, are you looking for an opportunity to sin or are you looking for an opportunity to do Right. Are you looking for an opportunity to sin or an opportunity to do right this evening? If the left side of the colon is true, then the right side of the colon is true as well. You gotta ask yourself, what side of the colon am I gonna find myself on this evening? Let's pray to Heavenly Father.